morning, everybody. Can you hear me out there? Matthew 13, go ahead and open your Bibles there. We have been going through the Gospel of Matthew, uh, where we read about the life of Jesus Christ as he walked on this earth. Uh, we can learn a lot about that from the Gospels. Matthew would be the first of the four Gospels. We find ourselves in chapter 13, where we have already seen Jesus teaching in parables. He taught a parable about a sower and some seed. And then he taught about the kingdom of heaven. He said the kingdom of heaven is like uh, wheat and weeds that were in a field. He taught about the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. The kingdom of heaven is like leaven that was put in some flour. And then he explained the wheat and the weeds. And then today we're going to look at verses 44, chapter 13, verses 44. We'll read about a treasure hidden in a field, a costly pearl, and a dragnet cast into the sea. Before we do this, I would like everybody to stand up. If you can, stand up. It's okay if you don't. In this room, this room, I have hidden a treasure. You have to find it. Whoever finds it gets to keep it, and I will not continue this message until the treasure is found. Go. That's a good one, but that's not it. A little hint, everybody. Take a look up here. The treasure is in a little tiny envelope that looks just like this. This is not it, but it looks just like this. It is in this room somewhere. Carry on. Whoever finds it gets to keep it. I'm going to help you a little more. This might spur you on to look a little harder. Inside this envelope is $100. There is $100 in an envelope like this. If you find it, yes, you get to keep it. I am not making this up. Look harder. saying anymore. Okay, 
you can get it off. What are you doing to my shoe up here? What's in there? Hold it up. Let everyone see. Give her a hand. We have a winner here. That could buy a lot of candy. All right. All right. Uh, thank you. We found the treasure. There was a hidden treasure in this room. Uh, I don't know if she understands what $100 is, but she has it now. <clears throat> $100. That was exciting. We just found a treasure. And, uh, you know, I looked at the looks on your faces. When I said it was $100, a lot of people's faces brightened up, and a few people got up that weren't looking before. Uh, you know, when you see a treasure, when there is a treasure, the worth of that treasure, if, if it has a great worth, then it's really something worth looking for, isn't it? If it has a great worth, uh, you might even do a lot of things to, uh, to get to that treasure. You might even give up something to go find that treasure. If a treasure has enough worth, you might be willing to get rid of other treasures to find that treasure. Well, today we're going to look at two parables about treasure, a great treasure. Matthew chapter 13, verse 44. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in the field, which a man found and hid again. And from joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. So we have a guy, he's in a field. We don't know the exact situation. Uh, maybe he was looking, maybe he wasn't. Whether he was or not, if there was a treasure in the field, you wouldn't know where it was. Somehow he stumbled across it. He stumbled across a treasure, and he realized that this treasure was very big, a very big treasure. How much treasure, how much was this treasure worth? You know, uh, if you look at this verse, I've been thinking about this verse, I cannot believe all the things I've gotten from this one little verse. When we read about parables, we've got to be really careful, and this has been mentioned before, we don't want to go too far. And... and and teach about all sorts of little things like it was in a field well the field was probably a good field so that means there's good things in the world and we don't want to go like that and and teach things that are not there but boy it seems like there's a lot of things in this parable uh, but remember jesus is teaching about the kingdom of heaven there is a kingdom that we can be a part of called the kingdom of heaven also we could call it the kingdom of god the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure a treasure is something that's very valuable. Hidden in a field, the person didn't know it was there. It was hidden, but the person found it. And when he found it, what does he do? He hides it again, and from joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has. Everything. He gets rid of it all. And was he sad to get rid of everything? Joy. From joy over it. He was laughing as he sold his car, as he sold his donkey, his house, 
got rid of his things. He had a smile on his face because he knew these things used to mean so much to me. And now, in light of this other treasure, they're nothing. They're absolutely nothing compared to that treasure that I found. This treasure must have been really big. Was it just a little bit more than what he owned? You know, then it doesn't seem like that would make sense. From joy, he knew this treasure was worth so much. He had so much joy, so much happiness inside of him. I'd get rid of everything, and I'd be glad to do it, to gain this treasure. That is what the kingdom of heaven is like, a treasure that is worth more than anything you can imagine. Anything in this world that you could have, this treasure is much greater than that. This treasure is greater than all the things put together. Greater than your house, your car, all the money in your bank, your insurance, your clothes, the things that you own. Uh, greater than uh, your job. Greater than even your family. Uh, even your own life, perhaps. This treasure is so great. It is beyond anything we really even understand. That is the kingdom of heaven. And if you really, if we realized probably even half of what this kingdom of heaven is like, how great it really is, we would gladly give up everything else just to be part of this kingdom. This man was willing to get rid of everything, and he did it happily. I know when I've read this before, growing up, I've read this many times, uh, thinking, oh, this is kind of a picture of someone on a spiritual high. They're really close to God and they do this wild thing. They sell everything and they, and they go get this treasure. That's not the thing here, actually. This is really a logical decision. If you have a treasure that's worth a gigantic amount and you could get it by getting rid of your little treasure over here, isn't it logical to get rid of this, to gain that? It is. This isn't a crazy person on a spiritual high. It's a logical person that's very happy because he just found the deal of the lifetime, right? Uh, I could get rid of this stuff over here and gain this unbelievable treasure. Those is worth so much more. Verse 45, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking fine pearls. And upon finding one pearl of great value, he went and sold all that he had and bought it. This parable is similar and also different at the same time. We're again talking about the kingdom of heaven as being a great treasure. Pearls at this time could be worth huge amounts of money. It was a little different then than now because it was hard to get pearls. Uh, they didn't have uh, diving equipment and all sorts of stuff. And uh, sadly enough, I read that many people died trying to get pearls. Uh, and finding a really good one, an amazing one, it would be worth huge amounts of money. It could be like a whole treasure in one pearl. So uh, this person, this merchant was looking. The person before, we don't know if the person was looking or not, but they stumbled across the treasure in a field. Okay, They didn't know the treasure was there. This person is a little different. They're looking for it. They're looking. There's got to be something out there. There's got to be a treasure out there. My whole life, I just, I'm not finding it. I've tried this. I've tried that. I've tried all these things to fulfill me, and it's not there. There's got to be something bigger in this world. There's got to be something better. Well, he's looking for it, and eventually he finds it, that great treasure that he was looking for. 
and how valuable was this one? Well, it seems like it has the same value as the last one because he goes and he sells. He went and sold all that he had and bought it. He sold all that he had once again. He realized, you know, this treasure is so great, maybe even greater than he thought he was looking for. It is so big. If this represents all the stuff that I have and all my treasures, it is, you know, a thousand times greater than that. So he goes and says, you know, the logical thing here, he's a merchant, logical stuff. Uh, get rid of this for something so great. It's an easy decision, isn't it? Uh, give this stuff up for the greatest treasure ever. Here we see in just these two short parables, Jesus is showing us the, the worth of the kingdom of heaven. How much is the kingdom of heaven worth? It's hard to answer that question, isn't it? But it's greater than all that you have. That seems to be the, the point here. Everything you have, everything you can imagine getting, uh, it is greater than that, much greater. And the kingdom of heaven is so valuable that losing everything on earth and getting this treasure is a happy thing. Losing every single thing that you have and gaining this treasure would be a happy thing. Uh, that is how much the kingdom of heaven is worth. <clears throat> For something to be worth that much, we're not just talking about money. Uh, we're not just talking about a one-time thing. I wonder if the guy went back and he, he took some time going through the treasure. Maybe he pulled things out one by one and realized what their worth was. Uh, the kingdom of heaven is probably something we realize over time. Keeps getting better and better and better. <clears throat> Maybe even for eternity, we'll be learning how great the kingdom of heaven really is and, uh, and how it is so much better than really anything that uh, we can have and own ourselves here on earth. Verse 47. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a dragnet cast into the sea, gathering fish of every kind. And when it was filled, they drew it up on the beach, and they sat down and gathered the good fish into containers, but the bad they threw away. So here's another parable. The kingdom of heaven is now like this. This sounds a little different. Uh, the first two were about the, the worth of the kingdom and really focused on those who are part of the kingdom and will be with God in heaven forever. That was the focus there. This is a little different. A dragnet, I found out, is different than a normal fishing net. It's a huge fishing net uh, that they would actually drag. Uh, sometimes they'd put one part of the net like on the shore uh, and they would put a big stake in the ground and they would put the net right here on the shore. Then a boat would take the other net and would go all the way around in this big half circle and then they, it would just scoop up everything in its path. And so these were known for getting lots of kinds of fish and plants and anything else that was there, it would drag it all up onto the shore. So then a big part of using a dragnet would be going over afterwards and uh, dividing up everything, figuring out what are the ones, uh, the good ones and everything else that's not the stuff that they wanted to keep. That's the picture here. Would any of the disciples know a lot about that? Fishing and the dragnet? Yeah, this is definitely something that people there would understand quite a bit. 
Sometimes when Jesus gives a parable, he also explains it. And we have the explanation here in verse 49. So it will be at the end of the age, the angels will come forth and take out the wicked from among the righteous and will throw them into the furnace of fire. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. The previous parables were very joyful. They were wonderful. The thought that there is a treasure that we could have that is so great, could last forever, the kingdom of heaven. That's a wonderful thought. But this shows that there will also be, the kingdom of heaven is also about a judgment. And there will be, there will be people who will not be in heaven. Okay? And they won't just stay on earth. Things just won't stay the same. They will be separated. There will be a separation. Those in the kingdom of heaven and those not. And what's it talked about here? The angels will come forth and take out the wicked from among the righteous. So right now, uh, on earth, there are apparently the wicked and the righteous. The wicked and the righteous. And they will be separated at some point. And throw them into the furnace of fire. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. That's not a fun thing. That's not a joyful thing. God is telling something very serious here. Jesus is letting people know about hell, about uh, that the wicked will be punished. It's called a furnace of fire here, and they will be thrown in. And it doesn't say they will just be burned up and that's done. It says there will be weeping. That's mourning. That's crying. That is uh, crying in pain. Uh, this is a horrible thing. This is a, a sad thing. Weeping and gnashing of teeth. Have you ever hurt yourself really bad and your teeth go, oh, I just stubbed my toe the other day, and it's amazing how much that can hurt. Uh, okay, And I hate comparing that to, to hell here, but it, I gnashed my teeth. I went, Ur. well, uh, this is pretty much the rest of your eternity here. Mourning, weeping, and gnashing of teeth in the furnace of fire. Heaven and hell are real. Jesus taught this very clearly. He's teaching about the kingdom of heaven. He's also teaching about hell. You might say, well, this isn't fun to talk about. I don't like to talk about this. This, this bothers me. Let's just ignore that. And maybe we should just talk about the good parts. Well, you know what? Jesus talked about hell quite a bit. Just in the book of Matthew, let's take a look at some verses. Just the book of Matthew. Matthew chapter 5. Whoever says you fool shall be guilty enough to go into the fiery hell. He was talking about there in that in chapter 5. The Sermon on the Mount, by the way. Again, it is better for you to lose one of the parts of your body than for your whole body to go into hell. Still in the Sermon on the Mount there. Chapter 8. The sons of the kingdom will be cast out into the outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Chapter 11, and you, Capernaum, will descend uh, to Hades, for if the miracles had occurred in Sodom, which occurred in you, it would have remained to this day. Chapter 12, every careless word that people speak, they shall give an accounting for in the day of judgment. Chapter 18, whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to stumble, it would be better for him to have a heavy millstone hung around his neck 
and to be drowned in the depth of the sea. Chapter 18 again, it's better for you to enter life with one eye than to have two eyes and be cast into the fiery hell. Jesus talked about heaven and hell. They are real places, and it's good to know that. You might say that doesn't sound very loving to talk about hell. Well, if hell is real, and people will have to go there, it's not very loving to not talk about it, is it? Uh, to not tell people would be very mean, be a very bad thing to do. So heaven and hell is real. We need to understand these things, and Jesus wants us to know this. He talked about it a lot. The kingdom of heaven, and there are those who will not be in the kingdom of heaven. He says they will be thrown, they will throw them into the furnace of fire. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Verse 51 have you understood all these things? They said to him, yes. And Jesus said to them, therefore, every scribe who has become a disciple of the kingdom of heaven is like a head of a household who brings out of his treasure things new and old. Interesting verse here, a scribe. Therefore, every scribe who has become a disciple of the kingdom of heaven. He's talking to his disciples here. And it sounds like he's saying uh, the scribes at the time were people who knew a lot. If you wanted to learn things, you could go to a scribe and they would teach you. They were the ones that had wisdom. Uh, they knew a lot of things about the scriptures and other things. Uh, so you would go to a scribe and they could tell you. You could ask them about this and they could tell you about it. Ask them about that. They could tell you about that also. He was saying, well, you disciples, even though you're fishermen and you know other things too here, you're becoming scribes yourselves. I'm teaching you these things and you're learning and you should be able to uh, tell people about these things as well. Like a head of a household. A head of a household would be someone who uh, they took care of like the wealth in the home. They took care of the stuff that was there. Uh, when people needed to do things, they knew where the stuff was in storage. They could bring out old things. They could bring out new things. They knew what was there and how to use them in the correct way. Well, the disciples uh, sounds like Disciples, hopefully they're disciples of the kingdom of heaven, and they should be like a scribe who knows things and is able to bring out of their uh, knowledge now things old, things new. Uh, people ask them about, well, maybe people ask them, you know, Jesus taught about this. What was he talking about? Well, maybe they could explain that and tell them. He did ask, do you understand these things? And they said to him, yes which I find very interesting. Don't have time to get into that, but did they really understand everything? I don't know. We know later they didn't understand some things. But as far as teaching on the kingdom of heaven, apparently they did uh, understand these parables. <clears throat> so they would be able to uh, explain to people as they were asking them about these things. New and old, did that have to do with Old Testament promises and new things like the new covenant and the kingdom of heaven? Or as new and old just mean they just knew a lot about all these things and were able to choose from them what would be right. Not exactly sure, but uh, the disciples should have been able to tell other people about what they had learned. Many of you have learned about the kingdom of heaven, uh, Old Testament and New Testament. You've learned a lot, learned a lot about Jesus, and we should be able to share that with others as well. The Bible tells us that there is one God. That one God created you 
and me. That one God has told us what is right and what is wrong. If you do what's right, that's good. <clears throat> that would be the righteous person here. If you do what's wrong, if you say, if you do what God says to not do, that's called sin. And God makes it clear uh, in the Bible that sin must be punished. Uh, he has to punish sin. Not because he enjoys punishing people, but it has to be done. He is a righteous judge, and he has to punish sin. And he has told us that there is a punishment for sin. That is separation from God, separation from heaven. That means you're not in the kingdom of heaven. And you will have to go to eventually a lake of fire. The fiery furnace talked about here. Heaven and hell. Uh, and the Bible says if we've sinned, we deserve that punishment. We deserve hell. Is that a problem for any of you? If any of you sinned? It's a big problem. We've all sinned. Every one of us. The Bible does make it clear that none of us are righteous like God is. None of us are perfect. We actually inherit a sin nature from Adam, and we sin ourselves. Uh, we are sinners. Therefore, we all deserve to go to hell. And that's a real place. But there is a kingdom of heaven. God loves you very much. He does not want you to be separated forever from him. And he did something to take care of that. We're reading about it here in Matthew. Jesus, God himself, left heaven. Left heaven and came down to earth. Lived among us. We're reading about his life here in Matthew, what he did, what he said. He lived a perfect life. He never sinned. Uh, he was God in the flesh. Eventually, he was killed and uh, nailed to a cross. Like a common thief, he was nailed to a cross, and he died. The Bible tells us when he was on the cross, he was not paying the price for his own sins. He never sinned, but he was paying the price for my sins and for yours. We have all sinned. We all deserve punishment in the lake of fire. But Jesus took that for us. He died on that cross. They buried his body in a tomb. Three days later, he rose from the dead. Death and sin couldn't hold him down. He's in heaven today, alive, and he can save you. If you believe these things are true, if you believe you're a sinner, and that Jesus died on the cross to pay your sins. And you talk to God and ask him to forgive your sins. He will. And you just passed from someone on the road to the furnace of fire to the person who just found the treasure. The treasure hidden in the field. Jesus Christ, that treasure, I think, really is Jesus Christ himself and all the riches that we have in him. And we will spend eternity finding out how great all those riches are. One guy stumbled across it in a field. 
One guy was looking for it, but both of them found it, found the treasure that was worth more than anything in this world. I submit to you there is a treasure greater than anything in this world, knowing the Lord Jesus Christ, being a part of his family, and being in the kingdom of heaven is greater than any treasure in this world. I gave away $100 at the beginning of this meeting. Is that kind of a big deal? It is. <laughs> People will be talking about that for a while. I hope you will be. Were any of you disappointed that you didn't find it? No one's shaking their heads, but I know you are. <clears throat> well, you know I have good news. There's a treasure far greater, and it's offered to everybody. Everybody can have it. God freely offers it. The only question is, are you willing to receive it? It's your choice. If you don't receive it, you can keep your pride. You can pretend like you're a good person. And uh, you're going to end up in the furnace of fire, is what Jesus said. But if you turn to him, have your sins forgiven, and you are part of the kingdom of heaven, there's a treasure beyond anything you can understand. And we'll be enjoying that forever in the kingdom of heaven. It is your choice. Let's pray. God in heaven, we thank you for our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you what he's done for us, that we can find all the treasures that we could ever dream of in him, in him Lord. Uh, I pray that everyone here would understand that treasure, accept it, and that we would uh, spend eternity figuring out how great that treasure is. We thank you and pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.